Hi guys, welcome back to Keep Calm and Carry On. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you're enjoying all these episodes as much as I am making them. So today I have an interesting guest. I have watched this young woman absolutely thrive. She started in musical theatre. She went to a drama school and I think had dreams of being on the stage. Actually, she even did a couple of musicals, but then found her journey into fitness. She is such an inspiration. I just adore watching her grow and develop and also doing her workouts with her in the morning. She's just a joy. Please welcome Alice Living. So Alice, thank you so much for coming on my very new shiny podcast. I'm very excited to have you on. In fact, I'm very honoured to have you on because I secretly stalk you on social media, um, (laughs) as I think lots of people do with your massive following. And um, I'm just thrilled to have you here. So thank you. The the respect is totally mutual, as as I'm sure you know. I just think you're the most amazing person. And obviously, as a musical theatre fan, I just am so excited. Like I can't wait to tell my friends that I've been on Carrie Alice's podcast. (gasps) Oh my god, that makes me so happy! Yay! Well, how I how I got introduced to you was actually through um, a mutual friend of ours, Dilly Carter, who does uh, Declutter Dollies, and she introduced me to you. And she's like, "You've got to follow Alice. She's, you know, she'll change your life. She's really inspiring." And and I literally have been following you, and you're just incredible. The things that you do, how you fit it all in, and how you've done so much in your 26 years is un believable um but first of all congratulations on your women's health um it's your third cover isn't it I know it's very weird I feel really I'm always like a bit embarrassed to say it because people are like really again but I'm like oh it's yeah it's very exciting very exciting incredible and it was I I mean it's it's unbelievable like I said at 26 you know all the things that you've done podcasts books um you do lots of food posts and and then third, your third time on Women's Health. I mean, how does that feel? That must be mental. Yeah, I mean, it's very surreal. And I think like sometimes because of, because of this kind of weird world that I work in, I never really set out to be, you know, what I am now. I don't even know what I call myself, but, you know, I wear lots of different hats and I never thought in a million years that this would be my job and this would be my life, you know, five years ago. Yeah. But um, I think, you know, all of these opportunities have come about because um, I'd like to think that, you know, I've, I've worked hard and I've, and I've committed myself to, I guess, having a really core ethos of what I believe in and what I, the, the message that I want to project. And I guess because of that, lots of things have therefore happened, which have been amazing. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm just so grateful. And I think, you know, that doesn't, there's not a day goes by where I don't pinch myself and go, oh, my God, mm-hmm. I can't believe this is my life. Um, but, yeah, it's very, very exciting. Oh, that's amazing. So, uh, so going back a little bit, because you actually did train a little bit like me at a, at a theatre college. Didn't you train at Bird? Bird, which is a London musical theatre college, predominantly dance-based, um, I auditioned there actually and I didn't actually get in would you believe I auditioned for Lanes and Bird and they didn't accept me um where did you go I went to Lane Theatre Arts which is another obviously big college but um how did you like where where was your dream how did it start out for you because you must have dreamt of being in the West End or you must have wanted this kind of theatre well I mean I had a bit of an interesting one because I definitely did, and I always knew, and I'd, I'd, like, always wanted to be, like, my dream was to be on the West End stage, but then I'd gone to a school where, like, 
all of my friends were very, very academic. And I was very much sort of pushed down the route of like, you should probably go to university. And that's just a bit of a hobby on the side. And I wasn't necessarily encouraged by those around me to pursue theatre as kind of like a real job. It was kind of always seen as, oh yeah, she's really good at that. But you know, it's just just an, a, a bit on the side kind of thing. Yeah. And then I applied for um, universities because I was like, right I'll just go down that route I'll do what everyone else is doing got a place to read history at Southampton and then it got to like a couple of months before I was supposed to go away to uni and I just turned around to my parents and I was like I can't do it and my heart's not in it I just did not I didn't have that like I'm, I've, I've, I've always been really good at like going with a gut feeling and I remember just sitting and thinking about it um sort of and, and th- imagining myself at university and it just didn't feel right at all there was something about it that I just thought I know that this isn't not just just not going to be the right thing for me mm. and so I, t- I told my parents and you know I'm so grateful that I have the most supportive parents who were like okay fine you know we will support you with whatever you want to with whatever you want to do um as long as you're happy so I took a year out and that's when I started to audition um for colleges and yeah thankfully got a place at Bird. Kerry do you want to know the funniest story as well? Go on I'd love to go on. So one of my biggest fangirl moments of my, <laughs> my college life was singing as a backup singer for you. <gasps> Stop it! In Bromley. No! We did um, from Miss Saigon. Uh, no, uh, is it Miss Saigon? Um, Boudoy. Oh my goodness. When you, was this? How do I not you, know you this? Remember, do you remember being there? Do you, I'm mortified. It was, like, it was like a review. Sh- it was kind of like a... Um, I can't even remember what it was. It was almost like a review show kind of thing. And they basically brought in like a group of us from Bird who were, who were supposed to be your backing singers. And there was a load of you that were the different singers. Um, there was you, there was um, some other like massive West End Wendy's and I can't remember who, oh my who they were. But anyway, <laughs> all I remember is that I knew at some point, I was like, I'm going to have to tell her this story about how like, it was the most amazing thing of my life being like, I'm going to sing for Carrie Ellis as one of her backing oh, singers. <laughs> I mean, oh. there were like a hundred of us on the stage it wasn't like me and two others but even so it was my claim to fame I love that so much oh my goodness I love... you know what though I think at college those kind of moments um are so special and so important I remember a lot of our lot going out to do the Royal Variety and and um do back in um dancing for various people and they just came back just so inspired and enthused and it was it was really kind of it's just exciting and they're so important those moments um, I think yeah definitely because also college is such a bubble and so like when you when you then come outside and recognize like that there's like there's a real world of real jobs and that like you can get you're treated like a professional and you know it's very exciting and I think it gives you that sense of this is what I'm aiming for which I think is really nice it's a good focus so coming out of college did you did you have any fitness kind of was there a, like a, a thought that you might go there or was it completely performer-based? What was the transition? Why did you transition? So basically, yeah, so I, when I was at college, I started to go to the gym and started to weight train and started to get into that um, side of things. So I definitely had a passion for fitness and I was really, you know, I loved it and I saw that it really helped my, my you know, my dancing, my kind of stamina. Um, so I So I definitely had an interest but I never saw it as being a career as such um I ended up go, like leaving um my third year early went into the UK tour of Annie oh. toured the UK for a year with that 
And it was while I was away on tour, you know, towards the end of the tour, I was writing my first book. And I'm sure, as you know, with any tour, like it's, we were doing weekly touring. So it was like pretty exhausting. Yeah. And I was then in all on my spare time writing this book, being like totally exhausted and just drained of energy. And I got to the end and people were starting to audition for stuff. And I, it sounds so awful, but I just thought I, I haven't got the energy for this. Or like, I'm so tired. Yeah. And like, it's now I look back, like it was so silly. I was just working. I was doing crazy things. Like I would get up, go to the gym first thing in the morning, like <laughs> do all of my work, you know, doing meetings and business stuff. There were, there were a couple of times when I was coming back to London for meetings or wow. events and then going back and doing the show. Like it was just really silly. I wasn't living sensibly. Um, so I got to the end of that and all of my kind of, um, uh, people within the cast were starting to go on audition. I just thought I just need a bit of a break. So I thought mm-hmm. I'll take a couple of months and I'll just have a little bit of a step back, finish the book, launch the book. And then I'll start auditioning again. And it was always with the intention of like, I'm going to start performing again, but it'll be, I'll just, I'll just have a bit of a break. Yeah. And then what happened was um, I got another book deal and things just started taking off. Like, you know, there was so much going on. And so I thought to myself, okay, well, maybe I'll take a year out. And what I'll do is I'll get my PT qualification because then I can still PT and be earning money and be able to do that um, and have that as kind of like my my kind of, um, if you know, if everything went wrong, I'd still have this. Yeah. So I did that. Um, and so when when I sort of got to the end of that year and I was, things were just going like this and I just thought you know what like this opportunity isn't going to happen again Mm -hmm. and I loved the theatre I loved 99% of it (laughs) I found found some of it very very difficult Mm. um and I think actually at the time because I got myself into a much better place with my confidence with my body image with all of those kind of things actually a lot of that was the fear of going back into that toxic environment that I felt was like so focused on how I looked, so focused on like my external kind of appearance when actually everything else that I was doing was about me being, you know, Alice and like doing, like doing my own thing. And so, yeah, going back to what I was saying, I just thought this opportunity isn't going to come again. I don't know how long it's going to last. So actually like, I'm just going to ride the wave and just see how this goes and work hard. And, you know, I can, you know, I can always go back to theater if the opportunity arose Yeah, Um, and it will always be there. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of how the fitness jump happened. But now like that is just, I love coaching and I love fitness and I love, um, really being like, I guess, a credible voice within that space as a woman as well, because it was so male dominated. Even when I first started out, you know, there was so many men telling me that I need to do this and do that. And I should look like this and I should try that. You know, and there was not really any women really holding that space in a much more kind of like nurturing, empathetic, um, kind of holistic way. Yeah. You know, I'm not really woo-woo with my training at all, but I do think that like that kind of female approach is much more needed than ever. Um, And so, yeah, I really just saw that there was a gap in the market for someone like myself and just took the opportunity to go after it. Yeah. Do you think going back to to college days, do you think that, uh, as young um, aspiring professionals we're given enough information about physical fitness um, especially I remember um, you know the boys just being told to go to the gym and at 17, 16, 17, 18 they might not know what to do in the gym and girls especially perhaps we should be 
exercising or using our bodies, just not dancing and being physical, but have, have more knowledge. There should be perhaps, I don't know, what are your thoughts? So my experience was, um, you know, if I knew now what I knew then, I would be in a completely different position. Yeah. I think that, you know, as much as colleges maybe have the ambition to include things like strength and conditioning, you know, we had this class on our timetable called conditioning. And yeah, I'm, we did. I just, say, <laughs> I just want to say from the outset, I am not rubbishing bird in any way because I had no. the most wonderful experience there. And I just, I'm, it's, it's, it's just a sign of the times and that yeah, we were just absolutely. Men. But what I would say is like that conditioning session, like, or lesson, you know, once a week going into the gym, with all your classmates and doing a couple of sit-ups and a couple of planks is just... Which you do in your classes anyway, so it's not really... It's just not going to have any crossover into what you actually need to physically equip yourself to be a strong dancer um, and, you know, avoid injury and get yourself in a really good place physically to be able to then take on the industry where you're having to do, you know, all different styles of dance. You're having to be super duper versatile. You're having to be physically fit. Um, And so I just think like a little bit of education goes a long way. So I think you're right. Like we could have been equipped a lot better. I I personally think that like you get enough cardiovascular training from your dance lessons. Yeah, yeah. Something that focuses on teaching people how to build strength. Yeah. It's going to be like probably one of the most beneficial things. Um, And it doesn't even have to be really complicated. But I think what one thing that I absolutely noticed, which is a big thing with dancers is particularly, um, you know, those who are wanting to go into the West End, for example, weight training was still very much associated with, oh, I'm going to get bulky. Get bulky, I've yes. Got be, I've got to be long and lean and I've yes. got to have, like, you know, legs that are super thin and whatever. And so it was just a complete no-no. Whereas, like, I, the, the best thing that I did was experimented on myself, started weight training, and, like, my whole body composition changed. Yeah. Better and you know I didn't get bulky at all. So I think you know that that was very much like a myth that I put, I guess still shrouds that kind of um, musical theatre world and dance world. So yeah, I think some strength training would go a long way in terms of like fitting into your um, educational program because yeah. actually like ultimately like as a dancer as a performer your body is your like your your insurance like if you're injured you cannot work yeah like not like not having any sort of information to like strengthen yourself up so that you are so much better you know um physically prepared to like not get injured just seems like a no-brainer oh and and mentally I think that has affected so I think a lot of theatre people are just you know they've had so many anxieties um just mental health issues which which we can talk about now but we we perhaps didn't talk about then and I think it's affected so many people in so many different ways you know because we are so uh, I guess obsessed because we kind of have to be of what we look like how we look you know what what goes into our body what we do and and I, I I think personally um I've probably only started to um embrace that in my like now in my 40s I've got kids my body's changed and it's only now that I actually realize how important things like yoga meditation fitness going out for a walk and those kind of simple things that that you don't you don't have in your life in your early in your early years because you haven't had to recognize them and I think I think it's very it's very important and I and I I kind of wish people would talk about it more especially in I mean, it's in all it's in all all industries, but especially in musical theatre or in theatre, because we are we have to be aware of ourselves, 
And that's a very difficult thing to to do. And I think as well, like ultimately being on stage a lot of the time requires like a certain level of vulnerability and a certain amount of, you know, having to really like put a smile on and just be, you know, be what the audience is expecting you to be. Yeah. And I found certainly that like a part of the battle with my own mental well-being has been that's all I've ever been taught to do is like smile and kind of like yeah even when you're not feeling like it yeah and so suppression of of emotions anxieties and stuff tends to happen because like you know if I think back to my college days like I automatically associated like mental health with like weakness failure yeah And it feels horrible to say it, but the admittance of that is actually good because it starts to open up that conversation of like, I thought this then, that's where I was. I wouldn't have talked about any sort of issues that I had because that's a sign of weakness and I might not get a job over the next person because they're Larry. But actually like now I very much recognize that like all of us carry baggage, baggage to some degree. I think, you know, I... I don't know why, but I think the theatre world has perhaps slightly more. I'm not yeah. sure why. I think a lot of people have things going on and that's okay. But I think the more that we don't see it as a weakness and we encourage a conversation of this is okay to talk about and it's not a weakness and actually you can use it to be a strength is yeah. you know, the better. I think as well, it becomes it, it comes from a balance of that kind of professional and and reality. And you're so brilliant at doing that. We you have, especially with your your social media, you kind of put out all those amazing pictures of you know your your covers and your workouts, which are brilliant. I did one the other day, and my thighs are still hurting. Um, and you you know you look amazing. You always look gorgeous and glamorous, and you're always th- this positive. Um, kind of ambassador for people which is brilliant but then I love that you then post the reality of you putting toothpaste on your face and no makeup and going this is me today and this is how I feel and you're the reality versus the kind of the shiny magazine shop I love that you post both of that is that a conscious thing that you do or is it just a this is how I feel today this is what I'm going to put out the the most important thing with social media and how I've always approached it is like be what you want to see, you know, like I enjoy seeing content where I love seeing the highs of someone and I love seeing the lows. And I kind of want that sense of realness so that I don't just see someone as like a perfect ideal that I can never relate to. So I'm not, you know, waking up every day being like, Oh God, I must remember to share a photo of myself looking real today. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. It's not like that. But, but I think there are times when I just think, Oh, do you know, I really can't be asked to put any makeup on or I can't be asked to make myself look decent. Um, I'm just going to share whatever it is that I'm doing today and how I'm looking. And you know, that doesn't, that doesn't bother me. Do you think that's changed? Do you think that's changed as in like, because you're very successful in what you do now and, um, you have an amazing following and you're you know like I said everything is great do you think you've had to get to that point to reveal that side of yourself or do you think you've always done it no I've definitely not always done it no I think yeah I think as well the one thing that I would say is I also think it's come with age and with um also being in a good place myself I think um you know I've definitely had my ups and downs over the last couple of years and one thing that I would say is when I'm in a bad place I'm also not afraid to share it but I find it more difficult to sort of be the upbeat positive Alice that you know I usually am like 
you know, I've, I've been on a, on a good, in a good space for the last yeah. couple of months and that's been amazing. But I've definitely also had, you know, moments, particularly last year, actually, I found like a diff- a quite a difficult time um, where I just didn't even want to post. I had no, yeah. no motivation to even put anything up there. It was just like, I was actually at the point, and this is like really interesting, particularly with the women's health cover, actually, like I was at the point where I was like, I just don't know if I want to do this anymore. Like yeah. I, I feel like it's a really difficult space I felt under constant scrutiny yeah um and so actually like maybe yeah going back to your question maybe it is just with age that like I've kind of come through that stuff and recognized that like I care a lot less now and I post what I want to post and I you know I enjoy it's particularly now actually like I guess what why I've been in a good space is like I really enjoy sharing like credible fitness stuff like that's kind of my my bread and butter and right now people need that more than ever so like I feel like like I'm I'm serving a purpose um but there have been times like yeah where last year I like I just didn't want to share anything and I and I definitely think um more recently I felt way more comfortable like for example like previously I would never go on Instagram without makeup on you know like even to do Instagram stories I would never really do it I was always very much self-conscious of god I need to make sure that I look okay before I do an Instagram story let me get the right light let me make sure I'm in the right place now you know I'm very very comfortable to share Instagram stories with however I'm looking because you know it's nice to show pictures of ourselves looking good I would never not want to do that because who doesn't like yeah yeah but is that now because you have that support like you have that you have that kind of safety blanket of those people that that love you which is brilliant it's almost like that celebrity status that suddenly you get it's a fine line between um like the validation from your from your fans and your and the people that love you and because I think that I perhaps think that theatre people perhaps need that validation that's why they go into theatre you know to to kind of be the best the best of themselves and then obviously the rejection of not getting jobs and having to deal with that it it probably spurs on the mental health issues because it's quite it's difficult things to deal with and it's and it's it's I don't want to say it's it's, it kind of is about validation it's probably why we all we all want to be told yes and we all want to be told we look good but I guess it's finding that balance. I think there's also like a link between that though. And like, and, and that's definitely what I've noticed in terms of social media is like, I, I really struggle with rejection. Really. Yeah. As do. It's never nice to be rejected from something. It's never nice to get a no. Um, but the same, like almost as if, as if yeses from auditions are your currency in musical theatre, likes and followers are the currency on social media. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, if you lose followers or if you sort of suddenly stop growing or, or you know, you don't get many likes on a photo, it's so easy to let, let that like horrible voice that sits in your shoulder of negativity come into your head yeah. and be like, oh, I don't like you anymore. You're old news. You're really boring now. Oh, that wasn't a very good, you know, like, all of that negative self-talk. And I think we're all terrible at it. I don't, I don't think it matters what industry you're in. Yeah. To some extent, we all want to be liked. Yeah, yeah. And I so know. if you don't have that, it's like, it's oh tricky. my God, yeah. you know, what's wrong with me? We'll be back with Alice in just a second. But if you are enjoying the episode, please subscribe and maybe go back and check out some of the others that you might have missed. And if you fancy leaving us a five-star review on the Apple Podcast Store, so moving on from that, a big thing for me and why I kind of wanted to make this podcast in the first place 
was about having those massive moments, especially when you're successful like yourself. Um, you have those big, huge moments. I talk about things like, you know, when I played the Albert Hall or when I played these big um, concerts in Verona, you know, those massive times, which are incredible. And then the the aftermath of that and how you and it's it's quite I guess it's quite a privileged thing to talk about because not everybody's had those experiences but they have probably in a different way um is to have those massive moments and then how you deal with the the come down as such after that and have you have you had any moments like that where you've like had a big opportunity like you've done something huge and then it's like the next thing what's the next thing and how you deal with that in interim Bit. Yeah, I, I I definitely have. There's been so many times in my career where I sort of do something and I think, oh God, how am I going to top that? Because yeah. I always think, we always think we have to do better. So yeah. you get, we, something happens and you're like, well, that's great, but what's next? Because yes. I need to do more. Um, and actually, like, I think some of my biggest learnings in my career have been through... Um, having to deal with those lower points where the, where the yes. inbox is a bit quiet, where, you know, you're not really getting many jobs, where um, you feel just a bit sort of like, oh, things aren't really going for me right now. Yeah. That's when I think, like, I've learned to really not let it get to me. Like, yes. just faith, I think. Because, like, all of us can fall into that mindset of, like, I don't know, like you mentioned playing in the Albert Hall. I can't even imagine what that must feel like. But you know, that sort of like come down the next day where you're like, whoa, I'm, when am I next going to do something that big? Or like, yeah, yeah. is this it now? You know, have I peaked? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's those moments that you really have to remind yourself of like, your worth is, is you know, your worth, regardless of like your job, how much money you have, the successes you've had. Like you have to almost like find it from within inside yourself and know that like no matter what, you ha- you are valuable. That's so and I good. think like we, if we only pin our success off like the achievements we've had, and don't get me wrong, achievements are great, and I'll still go go to my deathbed telling my grandkids like this was you, this was me. I'm like, <laughs> Obviously, I'm going to do that. And so you but should. Also, <laughs> but also, I kind of hope that like. Ultimately, if I'm lying there on, on my deathbed, <laughs> a more of a thought, um, that I will just be be happy that I've had a decent life and that I'm happy. Yeah, and yeah. that like, yes, I've had amazing things happen, but also like ultimately the things that really matter to me aren't the things like being on the cover of a magazine. It's yes. I'm in an amazing relationship. I have a great family. I have an amazing friends. I'm yeah. healthy. I'm happy. Yeah. You know, I have nothing to complain about. And those are my values. Those are the things I treasure. So even in those moments where I'm like, oh, the inbox is a bit quiet. Okay, maybe I'll spend this time nurturing the relationships that matter to me, messaging my friends, seeing those people. Yes. will pick back up but keeping the faith and making sure that those times are when you just remember it doesn't matter about all those achievements it matters who am I what what do what are my what like what are my values and like I am I am valued no matter what I've done it's amazing that you've got I mean you're still so young and you've done so much and you you've got all those all those thoughts and and you're so leveled uh, being so young and I think that's unbelievable okay let's talk about something fun give me your highest point what's been your highest point in your career and maybe and in your and in your personal life as well so far well I have to say (laughs) probably millions (laughs) yeah I think because it's really fresh off the block but also for a particular reason that like this women's health cover 
really meant a lot to me and more than the other ones because um I entered into it in a very different mindset you know like my first two covers I was a a very very small size six very very restrictive you know like I I really really worked my ass off to to get into shape for those shoots yeah and you know even in doing that I stood on the shoot and didn't feel 100% comfortable wow honestly because mentally you weren't in the right place for it yeah completely and then this one um it was just as though like I got the opportunity and I found out you know a couple of months before and I thought well I've got one or two options here I can either like go crazy and do do silly things like I've always known because I'm going to be on the cover of a magazine or I can just live my life and know that like actually excuse me (laughs) actually looking in the mirror today (laughs) I feel all right and I think you know I'm pretty I'm pretty happy that's so Um, good and so you know I still carried on training normally I still carried on eating well the majority of the time but I still went out and had fun with my friends I still lived my life and I walked onto that shoot and I just thought I feel great and I don't I don't I, I can't remember a time where I've really felt so good and so confident in the body that I think I'm supposed to have that's so um, good and so for me that is a real a real kind of like achievement in that you know I feel like it's a big tick for my mental well-being for my yes. you know kind of approach to life now and so I feel like that is a big a big achievement that's brilliant that's I mean it's incredible and uh, if, you, if anyone hasn't got it, I, I think they will have by now, but go get it. You look incredible. <laughs> oh, it's, it's brilliant. And I love the, I mean, it's, it's brilliant for the, for the time that we're in at the moment. I mean, this has affected so many people, but your 28 day challenge. I mean, did you, who knew that a virus was going to hit and that was going to be like the perfect thing? I mean, that's so brilliant. Um, but has the virus affected you? Like your work and everything. I mean, you can do a lot of things from home, but you're you're out yeah. with clients. You you know you're training people. Are you yeah. still training from home? Yeah, I mean, I'm doing some sessions via Zoom, which is great. Yeah, um, it's slightly different, and I'm it still is, yeah. finding my way with that. But um, <laughs> nice, you know. Um, and I am doing lots of stuff. Like I've had. Um, I've had, I've actually had a really busy week this week. I've had, you know, all sorts of stuff going on, podcast recordings. Um, I've had, you know, press bits. Um, I write my columns for women's health. So I've had to deliver. The <laughs> so you're not uh, busy at all. <laughs> there's been a lot on and it's been good, but also like, you know, I don't have a nine to five. So I'll have yeah. things in my day where there are certain things that I need to do, but then there are times where I'm like, Oh, Okay what am I going to do now? Um, and so, um, I've just been using that time to focus on what am I going to do when this, you know, hopefully, um, subsides, um, where's my business going to go? What's my brand going to do? Um, so yeah, I mean, I've just found it, um, found it an interesting time. I definitely had a a week where I was like, had a bit of a wobble and thought, Oh my God, this is so awful. And I think we all have, I think it's hit us all. I mean, I'm not a blubber at all. And I think first week in it, I just found myself sobbing in my kitchen. My husband's like, what, who are you? I just, I can't cope with it. My life, it's all over. I think it's hit everybody in certain ways. I really do. Yeah. I, I think like, 
we're so it's such an unprecedented situation and there's so many other like there's so many worries you know it's not just about the virus it's about financial issues it's about not seeing a family it's about being alone with your thoughts you know for much longer than you would normally without distraction yeah I think there's so many things going on that like it's totally normal to have those kind of dips and yeah I definitely had a few cries last week week (laughs) and I have to say the sun does the world of good oh doesn't it oh my goodness I'm one of those annoying people as well. It's like, get get outside. Look at the sunshine. Oh, it makes me feel so good. So I don't want to dwell on it too much, but what is kind of, what do you think your lowest point of your career has been so far? And how have you dealt with it? It's been my lowest point. Mm, That's a good question. Um, I think, I definitely think last year, and I can't quite pinpoint why, I sort of lost my way a bit. And I think what happened was we're all, I think, pretty bad at the whole comparison thing. And I think oh. social media is the worst for it. Yeah. But I, I really allowed it to get the better of me last year. And I just found myself like falling into this real state of I'm not good enough. Yeah. I shouldn't really be doing this anymore. I'm old. People have forgotten about me. <laughs> old? Um, I better give up. Like, like, old talent <laughs> or whatever. I, I know. But honestly, like just, I just had a real kind of like downer of a, of yeah. a, of a few months I got um I ended up coming down with this like horror and thank it wasn't this virus but I ended up coming <laughs> down with this horrible virus where I was like really knocked for six for like a good six weeks yeah. um and was just so not myself and I remember that just being like my boyfriend's amazing and is an angel um but just being like completely not myself and him just being like what is you know this isn't you and you're so yeah. you know lost and I just I found it so challenging. And then at the same time, I had all sorts of um, gynae issues. Like there was just so much going on. And you know, we just feel a bit like weighed down by all of the kind of stresses and anxieties that you just yeah. think, oh, maybe even like a touch of like depression. I don't know. But I just, I really struggled. And so it wasn't really necessarily like a, a specific pinpoint where I was like, well, this is my lowest point. But I think I just know for a fact that I just let comparison. Yeah get the better of me and that's that's been actually a feature in my career a number of times where I I, I try and be you know confident in what I do yeah but there were definitely times where it's been tinged with oh god I should be doing more I should be doing this I should be doing that they're doing this they're doing that yeah I think that's incredibly common especially you know especially what what we do we're all so much in front of people all the time and people comment on our lives and we invite that in obviously so we have to kind of take the good and the bad from it and that that can be quite difficult I think having a support network around you is massive is key and like you say you're happy in your relationship and you have a good family unit which is amazing and I think you need that because it can be tough and it, and it can be difficult but um how do you deal with um your your goals seem to always change like you, but you always seem to come out with something new like like the podcast is quite recent when well, I think it's relatively recent and you know you've always got a new book coming out or you've got new challenges or where does your inspiration come from do, do you lay in bed and think just one like think oh I'm gonna re- write a new book today or uh or does it come from someone or do are you who do you look at to be inspired by Basically, a multitude of failures followed by one thing that actually sticks. <laughs> That's my approach to life. Yeah, I think mine is too. <laughs> I try loads of different things and fail at all of them. And then suddenly I stick to one thing and I'm like, all oh, right, yeah, okay, this works. Let's roll with it. Brilliant. Honestly, I, you know, there's that podcast with um, 
uh, Elizabeth Day called How to Fail. Right. And it's all about like, some really successful people and all of their failures that they kind of um, note down as they, um, as they, you know, strive for success. Yeah. And I love it because I think my whole approach is that like, I'm really not afraid to fail. Obviously yeah. it hurts a little bit, but I've tried so many things in my time. Like I was, so, I was talking to a friend the other day because <laughs> I decided I was going to start this Instagram um, IGTV series. Sorry. And I filmed with him and I did this like 10 minute thing. And I was like, yeah, like this is amazing. This is going to be my new series, <laughs> like three episodes in. And then I was like, nah, this isn't working. <laughs> and he messaged me. He was like, oh, I never saw the video. And I was like, babe, that was, that was flash in the pan. That was a oh. big old failure. But, but you know, the thing is, is that I try and, yeah, I, and I, am, good. I am not afraid to try things out and, and you know, give it a go because the worst that can happen is it doesn't work and I try something else instead so I think actually like my approach is that like it's it's a failure until something sticks and just keep hammering away keep trying new things you know one door closes there's another one that's going to open 10 minutes later or whatever I I just think like I I don't sit down and think this is going to be my success plan and actually like that's something there's something in that in itself and that like I'm very flexible in my means I don't have this kind of like this is going to be my route to success and I'll go from this to this to this to this and that's it you know something happens and then I meet someone and then I you know develop a connection there and then yeah yeah somewhere else you know yeah um one of the one of my biggest um what I would say is one of my biggest kind of learnings from my journey as such has been cultivating relationships and like really making sure that like, like I've, I've spent a lot of time developing connections within loads of different industries. Yeah. And I found that like it, by doing that, you know, it might not lead you anywhere, but you're in people's minds so that like, should something come up, yes, you're, yeah. you're at the forefront of their minds for something. And I think actually like, going back to theatre, I think there's definitely something in like just being a a good person to work with. Yeah. A good company member. Absolutely. It's so important. There's so much value in that because like, you you might not be the most talented person in the room, but if someone looks at you and thought says, you know what, we've worked with her before and she's, she works really hard and she's great to have around, that's probably going to get you a job, you know? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I took kind of that that I learned in theatre into my life now, which is, be someone that people want to work with yeah and in doing that like jobs will come yeah absolutely absolutely okay two really quick ones before we finish um so first of all I'm uh, your outfits you always look amazing (laughs) I love a twin set me and you always look brilliant do do now people just kind of get in touch with you and go wear this or do you still like every girl scatter through the um, internet looking at, at outfits and bits and pieces how where does it come from a bit of both so basically I'm really lucky um one of my very very good friends so basically one of my first ever clients is this woman called Jenny who she's she I hope she won't mind me telling this but she's like 42 and she, she's <laughs> like, she's older than me but like we just struck up the best relationship she is the most like full of life, outgoing, inspiring woman. I, I just love her. And anyway, when we first started training, she, she basically said to me, and this was like four or five, no, four years ago it was. She said to me, oh, I'm going to set up this, I've got this idea, I'm going to set up this gym wear business where I basically import like hard to get gym wear. So things that are like big in America or Australia where they have like yeah. amazing um, gym wear. And um, I was like, yeah, great idea, do it. Anyway, like four years later, she's done it. She's set up this business and it's called Amazing. My Gym Wardrobe. 
And um, I've seen it. Oh my goodness. That's amazing. Wow. She's like one of my really good friends. And basically she just, um, she's always messaging me saying, oh, this has just come in and it's amazing. You'll love it. So like right now, obviously the the listeners can't see, but I'm wearing this like superwoman. Superwoman. Yes. Strike matching two piece. Love it. And this is from her. So um, (laughs) yeah, I just, I love her stuff. Um, And also like I've made my own collection. So I've done my primer. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, which has always been really fun, but um, but I just love I love dressing up. I yeah, love it's lovely. I, love, I love that side of things. So um, so no, I think I kind of bring that into my gym wear. Very good. I love it. I'm a big fan. Where would where do you see yourself in in ten years? If you ha- if you could if you could dream and everything any anything could happen, what would happen? What would where would you be? What would you do? Well, I think um, the main thing that I want to try and secure is that I um, I basically um, develop autonomy over my financial income. So right now I do a lot of brand partnerships and I rely on a lot of brands coming to me and saying, we want to work with you. Yeah. We want to do something with you. And actually, like in 10 years time, I, I see myself having my own company, which I'm in the process of, of working on um, and being able to create my own, my own product and my own um, kind of business so that I rely on only myself and my hard work to be able to make that money rather than brand deals coming through the door Amazing. not to say that they aren't great but yeah I just want more autonomy over my financial situation so I think working on that over the next 10 years and then hopefully having something I can be proud of would be where I see myself Amazing. we'll be right back with Alice but I just wanted to ask her one last question that I've been asking all my special guests if you were to look back at your 20-year-old self and give them one piece of advice that you've been given or you would give yourself, what would that be of how to keep calm and carry on? I think it would be that um, don't worry if you see a market as being really saturated. There are hundreds of hundreds of thousands of people probably trying to get into the West End. There are hundreds of thousands of people trying to be fitness coaches. That doesn't mean that there isn't room for you. And actually, you might bring something that people are looking for that, you know, is really special. And your uniqueness is going to be what sets you apart from all of those people. So instead of seeing it as like a negative and saying, I'm just one of many, see yourself as I am one and I'm unique and I am going to be, you know, myself and just own that space. And I think, you know, the more you see it like that, sort of like glass half full rather than glass half empty, the more positive outlook you'll have on on your career ahead amazing Alice you're adorable I adore you thank you so much this has been so great I could talk to you all day but um, I have to wrap up and thank you so much all the best with everything no it's my Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you've enjoyed it and maybe something will help you in your journey. Please don't forget to subscribe and maybe even leave us a five-star review on the Apple Podcast Store.